I have a special treat for you this morning. I have a guest. And um, his bio, we can go through his bio, and, and, and there's a lot of impressive things on the bio. Pastor, 23 years, a beautiful, successful church, ran a Christian school, which my kids went to, Mark's kids went to. Um, but I'll tell you kind of a story for me. My daughter, when my older daughter was about 10, 11 years old, she was in the hospital um, in extreme, excruciating pain. She had a ruptured appendix, but we didn't know what it was at the time. And so they're just running tests for two days. Um, if any of you know as a parent what that's like, when your kid is in excruciating pain and all people want to do is run tests and poke her and prod her and she's screaming in pain and you're contemplating murder many times. You know, I, I definitely imagined where I would hide the bodies and everything. You, you understand what I'm saying? You, and um, it was during that time Pastor Williams showed up and if you've been there, you know that you get to a point where you're, you're out of prayers. Anybody been there? You don't, you don't know what else to pray. You're, you're done. You just don't, you know, you've prayed them all and your daughter's still in pain and you're still in this situation. And um, this is such a vivid memory for me. Um, this man showed up. A lot of people came and, you know, but, but he showed up and he prayed my prayers for me. And so because of that, he'll always have a special place in my heart. So I want you to welcome uh, Pastor James, Pastor Jimmy Williams. Appreciate you. Praise the Lord. Hey, it's good to be here. I remember that story as well. And the distinctive part of my memory is that when they gave your daughter some drugs, she turned to your wife and said, those are good drugs. And I had forgotten about that until you told that story. But I remember that as well. Those are good drugs. You guys can tell her that story when you see her as well. Boy, I'm excited to be here today. Hey, man, I want to jump right in. Uh, I want to jump right in because it's a little chilly. You picked up on that. And uh, I want to make sure I can hold you. Uh, I want to tell you about a time when it was hot. Do you remember when it was hot? There was a time when it was hot. It wasn't even that long ago. I know that sounds weird on a one-degree morning. But just a few months ago, it was hot. I mean, you were sweating. You had the air conditioner on. This year, it stayed hot all the way into like October it was hot. I was out with my wife. We were going for a walk. We were walking the dog. Our dog's name is Mr. Fox. I'm not sure why we named him that, but it's a creative name. So we're walking Mr. Fox. You have to mention that's a dog. And we're, and we're, we're walking in the neighborhood. It's hot. I turn the corner on a block, and I'm walking up, and there's a house there. Well, there's a bunch of houses, but in this particular house, there's two little girls in front of the house with like a little card table set up, and they're standing there at the table. And we see them, we turn the corner, they're small, they're like five and seven, they could have been your girls years ago, just two little girls, they're cute, they're adorable. And, and in the neighborhood, sometimes when it's hot, kids will set up a lemonade stand. Any of the kids in your neighborhoods ever do it, and you've seen it, whatever? So we turn the corner, and that's what I immediately assume it is. The table is there, there's two little girls there. I look to my wife and I say, hey, let's support these local entrepreneurs. 
So I walk across the yard and I walk up and I say to them, um, what, what are you doing? And one of them says, we have homemade fruit punch. That sounds pretty cool. That's creative for two little girls. And I was like, oh, okay, how much? Now, if you go to a lemonade stand, how much does the lemonade cost? I hear a dollar a lot, right? 50 cents, 75 cents. We have homemade fruit punch. Oh, that's nice. How much? Three dollars. Three dollars. That's what she says to me. I'm like, three dollars? This like, must be like a Jamba Juice franchise or something. So three dollars. But I was trapped. I was trapped because I've already walked across the yard. I'm standing there. I'm in front of them. They're cute. They're adorable. They're, 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 they're like five and seven. Even if they had been like 12, I could have been like, yeah, right. Welcome to the real world, kid, and walked out three bucks. But they were little. They're little kids. So they're small and they're cute, three dollars. So I'm like, oh. So I pull out my wallet and I take three dollars out and I hand it to them. Now, the one girl, she takes a pen and she's got a notebook with her. This is an official operation. And she's got her notebook laying on the table. And with her pen, she starts to write. And there's other little entries in her ledger. One fruit punch. I'm like, man, look at this. They must be filing income tax return or something. It's like legitimate operation here. She's right. She's got a ledger. She's writing down one fruit punch. And while she's writing, I give the money to the other girl. She's got a little cash box. She opens it. She puts it in there. And I'm standing there watching all this. But I'm looking around while she's writing. And she's writing slow. And I'm looking. And I'm thinking to myself, well, where's the fruit punch? Because there's nothing there. There isn't anything. So I'm looking around. I'm thinking, well, maybe it's inside. You must have, you know, they must run in the house and get it. Maybe they're making it in a blender or a food process. I don't know what they're doing. And so I'm there. And, and she spent one fruit punch, $3. And when she's done, the girl that I gave the $3 to, that little thing, I mean, the, the cute little girl <laughs> that I gave the $3 to, I'm looking around for where's the fruit punch. There's a little table. She reaches under the table into a little cardboard box. And she pulls out this. Not something like this. I saved it. She pulled out this. This little cup. It says two ounces on it, but it's not full. And the fruit punch is already in the cup. So she reaches under. She pulls it out. And she hands it to me with a smile on her face. And I'm standing there trying to decide, am I on a TV show? Is this really happening? But I just take it from her and I smile and I go, thank you. And, and I walk away and my wife is standing over there and she's got the dog. And my wife says to me, how much did you pay for that? And I said, $3. And my wife, who's right there, she's a beautiful Puerto Rican woman right there. I was smart. I married a Puerto Rican woman. They're a little work. They're a little work. But I'm still glad I did it. <laughs> a little high maintenance. That's okay. My wife, <laughs> as I walk over and she says to me, how much did you pay for that? And I say $3. And my wife says to me, you just paid $3 to have communion. <laughs> Now, at that point, the only redeeming element there could be to this story would be 
if when I drank it, it was like the most amazing fruit punch I'd ever had in my entire life. That if I had opened the cup and had drank it and just been like, wow, that was good. Let's get another one. Um, but no, it tasted more like if you took like fruit punch flavored Kool-Aid, maybe didn't put enough sugar in it, left it out in the hot sun in a cardboard box under a table in your front yard for a little while. It tasted more like that because that's exactly what it was. I didn't see it coming. I didn't expect it. I never, if I had known before I walked across the yard that that was what was going to transpire, I'm sure I would have just waved and been like, hi, little girls, you little criminals, and, and kept walking. <laughs> My son told me, he said, I have two sons, two adult sons. One's a commercial airline pilot. One's a rapper. I'm not making that up. Raised them in the same house. That's what they grew up to be. Um, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Both love God, both serve God, great, great young men, thank God. Had, had a time with one of them as a teenager. It happens, mom and dad, but both serving God, love God now. And um, um, my son said to me, he said, the parents were probably inside looking out the window. <laughs> we're going to make the mortgage payment. <laughs> I didn't expect it. You don't always know what's going to happen. It's a new year. This is your first Sunday. It's 2018, and you don't know what to expect. And sometimes what's going to come your way this year, it's not always going to be good. It's not always going to be what you expect. But I want to talk to you about a few things today that you can expect even when you don't know what's coming. Are you with me? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you. I thank you for this church. What an awesome church. What a tremendous time of worship. I thank you, Lord God, for the staff. I thank you for uh, pastors uh, George and Michelle, Lord God, the, the blessing they have been in, in my life and my family's life over the years, Lord God, as he would brag on me a little. What a blessing they've been to us as well. I pray, Lord God, your continued blessing over this congregation this year. Move mightily. Move in the Bronx. Move through the Sanctuary Fellowship. Pour out here. They're back in their building, Lord God. Do great things here. Be glorified here. Provide for their needs. Just may the windows of heaven be open over this church. Open over these families, Lord God. Blessed abundantly, I pray to be a blessing in the strong name of Jesus Christ. And speak through me now, Lord God, through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to give you a quick verse from uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse number 11. I'm grateful to be here. I'm thankful to be here on this cold Sunday. I really am to start the year. And, uh, uh, but I want to give you a verse, give you a couple of truths real quick to hold on to today. Uh, Ecclesiastes 3, 11. It's, it's a great one. And I think they, they might have it on the screen for me. They do. Ecclesiastes talks about everything having a time. There's a time for this and a time for that. Time for this and a time for that. There's a whole list. And then you come to this great verse in Ecclesiastes 3.11 that kind of sums it up. He hath, the he in there is God. He hath made everything beautiful in its time. We often talk about God's time, but it doesn't say that. It says in its time. In its time time. Also, he hath set eternity in their heart, yet so that man cannot find out the work that God hath done from the beginning to the end. Another version says, no one can even fathom what God has done. I love the verse because it speaks of anticipation. It speaks of expectation. It speaks of things to come. And this is the first Sunday of a brand new year, and we have no way of knowing what the year holds. Now, preachers love to tell you on the first Sunday of the year that this is going to be your year, and that this year is going to be great, and you're going to be blessed, 
and everything's going to go good. And this is now, man, now it's time. And, and that's the way we like to start New Year's. But reality is you don't know what this year holds and neither do I. I have no way of knowing. 2017 started. I had no way of knowing what the year would hold. As I look back in 2017, my dad would die. That was rough. That was rough. He had been sick, but it was still thoroughly unexpected. We didn't see it coming. It was abrupt. Really shook me. Uh, didn't see it coming. No way of knowing going into the year that that was going to happen. And lost, some of you probably lost a parent. That was a new one for me, to a new bridge to cross, if you will, and, and, uh, uh, and walking through that. In 2017, I resigned the church that I had pastored for 23 years. Didn't know where we were going. Didn't know what we were going to do. Uh, step, just felt God calling us to step out in faith and to leave there. And we did that. We followed that call and, and stepped out. I was like, you know what, God, we're going to trust in you. And I'm not independently wealthy like your pastor. And, and uh, so I was like, well, God, how are we going to live? And <laughs> we're trusting in you to meet our needs. And, and we moved. Both my sons had to move in the year. My one son lost two jobs in 2017, had a decent job, lost it, got another one, looked like it was going to be great. Two weeks later, the company lost a contract. Laid every, two weeks later, laid everybody off, found another job. That one ended. There was no way for him to know going into 2017 that that would happen, that it would go like that. You have no way of knowing what the year holds. There's no way to know what's going to take place. And I'll tell you this, as you enter 2018, just because you do what God told you to do or what God wants you to do or follow Him, it doesn't mean that everything's going to go easy for you in the next year. It doesn't mean that. You can obey God. You can follow God. You can step out. You can trust Him. You can do everything. And because and, and, if everything was going to go easy, you wouldn't even need faith. You wouldn't even need it. You could do it on your own. You'd never be able to do that. You'd never, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't stand here and tell you entering this new year that everything is going to be awesome for you because there's no way for me to know that. There's no way for, for me to know what's going to happen. There's no way for me to know what's going to take place. And the Bible is filled with people who trusted God, who obeyed God, who followed God, and things still went flat out lousy for them. It happened. Joshua trusted and followed God. He ended up in slavery and prison. Ruth trusted and followed God. She ended up with a dead husband and penniless wandering around picking up leftovers. David trusted God. He ended up hiding in caves and asking for handouts. I did not come here to tell you today that if you follow God, that all you will get is cupcakes and daisies. It's easy for preachers to tell you that. I could tell you that going into the new year. If the men and women in Scripture didn't get that, then why would we believe we would get that? I came to tell you that there's nothing more exciting, though, than walking by faith. There's nothing more exciting, though, than walking by God. And the promises of God are yes and amen. And even though there's no way to know what the new year holds and there's no way to know what's coming, if you commit yourself to obeying God and doing all that He's asking you to do, if you trust Him and honor His Word in your life, although the world and life may give you the unexpected, the world might give you this, if you will, when you expected much more. When you expected much more, that might happen, but you can still believe for God to honor His Word in your life every single time. Amen? You can believe for that. There's a woman that is spoken of in Proverbs chapter 31. You know her or you've read about her. She's described as an awesome woman. The Proverbs 31 woman, we call her. Now, in all fairness, women, so you just know this when you read Proverbs 31, the author's writing about his mother. All right? So I, I, when I read it, I'm like, this woman's unbelievable. Then I realize he's writing about his mom. I'm like, ah, I don't know, man. Maybe you brought it, uh, dressed it up a little bit. But anyway, he's writing about his mom. 
But he writes some amazing things. But there's a great verse in there in Proverbs 31.25 that I want you to hold on to. And we're going to go back to Ecclesiastes, the one I read there in 3.11. It's for men too. He's writing about the Proverbs 31 woman. But this is a verse for men. It's a verse for, it's a verse for the brothers. And I think you've got that when you put it there. It says, strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs. She laughs at the time to come. One version says she laughs without fear of the future. How about that? She's clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. When she looks ahead, the future is downright comical to her. It's because she trusts God, she obeys God, and that's what I'm here to challenge you to do as you're entering this new year. This means, you see, when somebody comes to the child of God and they say to them, you might lose your job in 2018. (laughs) My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's our answer to them. Somebody could come and say, you might get sick in 2018. Don't you know my God's a healer and he never leaves me and he never forsakes me, that he's always with me? Somebody could say, well, you could lose a loved one in 2018. <laughs> don't you know I mourn with hope and I don't mourn how the, how the world mourns? She laughs without fear of the future. You could lose your housing in 2018. A tree could fall on your building and you could have to go meet in school somewhere and don't know what you're going to do in 2018. Man, I hope it doesn't happen in 2018. It could happen. In 2018, <laughs> you got jokes. <laughs> That's funny. The Bible says that God appoints the boundaries of my dwelling places, and He chose my times and seasons before any of my days began. That's what God's word says. Somebody says you could, you, you, you could, somebody could lie on you and falsely accuse you and pull you down in 2018. <laughs> That's funny. The Bible says no weapon formed against me will prosper and all those who rise up against me in judgment God will condemn. That's what it says. She laughs at him. Somebody could come and say some things aren't going to be good in 2018. What am I going to do? Oh, you're the man. (laughs) Don't you know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose? She laughs without fear of the future. I don't know what's going to happen in 2018, but I know who holds the year. I know who holds me so I can look ahead. And if somebody said, man, this could happen, that could happen, that could happen, laugh at it. That's what she does. No, God's going to take care of me. God's going to look after me. God's going to do that. Isaiah 41.10. Isaiah 41.10 says this. Fear not, for I am with you. I am with thee. Do not be dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. I will, I will help thee, and I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. That's your promise as you enter the new year. We need not fear. We need not be afraid, because God is with us. God is upholding us. Amen? Isaiah 43, 2 says, when you go through the deep waters, it doesn't say if. It says when. Tell your neighbor When? When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. Let me give you something to hold on to in this season as well as you step into this new year. Your pastor told me you're always out by 1.30, so hang with me. (laughs) Ecclesiastes 3.11. I want to read it to you again. Ecclesiastes 3.11. It says this. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Somebody say, in its time. He has also said eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. 
God has made everything beautiful in its time, and that includes you. He makes everything beautiful in its time, and that includes you. Let your neighbor know that's you. God does that. He makes everything beautiful in its time. That's powerful. Let me give you a couple of verses. Psalm 139, 14. Psalm 139, 14. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are thy works, that my soul knows very well. You are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Don't ever forget that. As we're entering this new year. God made you. He formed you. You're exactly how he wants you to be. You are fearfully and wonderfully made by, my, by God. You might wish you were a little taller. No, you're the height God wants you to be. You might wish your hair was a different color. No, your hair is how God wanted it to be. You might wish there was something different about you, whatever it would be. I wish this ear was different than this ear. No, you're how God wanted you to be. You might wish you had beautiful green eyes like me. No, they're mine. You're, you have the eyes God wanted you to have. <laughs> it's true, though. We're how, we were fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Now watch this, Ephesians 2.10. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So you were fearfully and wonderfully made by God, right? And then not only are you fearfully and wonderfully made by God, then once He has made you, you are then His workmanship, you are His craftsmanship, you are His masterpiece where He is perfecting you and molding you and shaping you into who He wants you to be, all right? In your life, your character, who you are. God is doing this in your life. And then Philippians 1, 6 tells us this, being confident of this very thing that He who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. So God made you. God created you exactly how he wanted you to be. You are his workmanship. You are his masterpiece. And he's never going to give up on you. He's never going to stop the work. And that's going to continue in 2018 as well. He's going to continue to perfect you into who he wants you to be. He's the God who formed you, shaped you. He planned your days. Acts tells us he chose our times and our seasons. He even chose where we would live. He wrote of our days in his book before any of them began. And God created you for fruitfulness in your life. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that your fruit should remain. God chose you for a fruitful life. But what I want you to catch in your life as you enter this year is that life is filled with seasons. What season are we in right now on earth? You should get this one so quick. It's so cold outside. It's flat out ridiculous. It's winter. Okay. It's winter. We have seasons obviously here on earth, but your life has seasons as well. We go through them in our lives. We go through different seasons. Just as there are seasons on a farm, if you will, there are seasons in life also. Seasons of preparation, of planting, of watering, of weeding. The farmer can't go out in a season of planting and put his seeds in the ground and then come out two days later and there's nothing there and kick the dirt and say, this didn't work, and leave and give up on the farm. It's not a season for harvest. It's a season for planting. There's a season for preparing the soil. There's a season for planting seed. There's a season for just waiting and waiting for it to grow, watering it, make sure it's nurtured. And there's seasons for harvest. There's seasons for fruitfulness. Everybody always wants fruitfulness in their life. I want fruitfulness. You want fruitfulness. Am I the only one in here who wants to be blessed by God? Come on. Everybody wants to be blessed by God, right? Everybody wants fruitfulness all the time in their life. God wants faithfulness. 
We want fruitfulness. God wants faithfulness. He wants us to obey Him. He wants us to trust in Him. He wants us to follow Him. And when we're faithful, God brings fruitful in its time. God makes all things beautiful in its time. Catch this. Everyone has a time. Everyone has a time. And just because it's not your season of fruitfulness right now, it doesn't mean that it's not going to come, but it might not be your time. Are you with me? Now, we love phrases, and at church all the more so, we love phrases like, it's my time. This is my year. It's my time. And it's easy to hype people up with phrases like that. This is your day. Guess what? It's not always your day. It's not always your time. Now, it's your time for something, but it's not always your time for harvest or fruitfulness. Sometimes it's your time for preparation. Sometimes it's your time for waiting. Sometimes it's your time for resting. But when you're in those seasons, when you're in seasons that seem dry, when you trust in God, when you follow God, when you continue to obey God, you know God makes everything beautiful in its time, and that includes you. He's doing a work in you as well. Father sends the rain in time. So 2018, I could stand up here and tell you whatever, but 2018 might not be your year. You're welcome. It might not be your year. You might go through some tough stuff this year. But you know what? If you're faithful and if you trust God and you follow him, these promises that we've already looked at and more still to come, they're all true. They'll all still be real in your life. God will always be with you. And you know God's going to bring fruitfulness at the right time. Isaiah 60, verse 22. Isaiah 60, verse 22. God's restoring his people and he says this. The little one shall become a thousand, the small one a strong nation. It says here, I will hasten it, and I want you to catch on that, in its time. One verse says, God will do it in its time. Somebody say, in its time. God always knows. You know when my right time is? Right now. That's always my time. That's always what I want. When do I want God to do things in my life? Right now. When do I want God to bless me? Right now. When do I want increase in my life? Right now. That's always, that's always what, that's always, that's my time. But that's not necessarily God's time. In its time. God knows what time is best. He, God says he does it at the right time. Somebody say at the right time. I would encourage you to trust God's timing in your life. Trust God's timing in your life. And although that is true, that God makes everything beautiful in its time, and you can believe for God to do that in your life, I want you to catch another truth from that verse in Ecclesiastes real quick. Ecclesiastes 3.11, and that is this. Uh, uh, you weren't even made for earth. You can believe for God to do great things in your life on earth, but I want you to remember something today as you enter this new year, and that is that you are an eternal being. You are an eternal being. You were made for eternity. You were created for eternity. That's what God made you for. God didn't make you just for earth. You were made for all of eternity. And there's a second truth that's there in Ecclesiastes 3.11 that says, God has set eternity in our hearts. God has set eternity in our hearts. Now, my little niece, Serenity, she's seven years old. She went to my mom recently, her grandmother. She calls her Nan. She says, Nan, what's your favorite planet? What an interesting question. My mom told me this story. Nan, what's your favorite planet? My mom says, I thought for a moment. I said, well, I guess I'm going to go with Earth. Um, 
since that's the one I live on, <laughs> it's oxygen. And I get, I, she was, we love earth. We love earth. But you weren't made for earth. That's not what God had in mind. You weren't made for a temporary existence. The Bible refers to our bodies as tabernacles, as tents, as temporary dwelling places. We're all, the Bible calls us pilgrims passing through. We're sojourners. We're travelers. We're, we're here for a season. You were made for eternity. That's what you were made for. But we love earth, and we try really hard to get comfortable as much as we can on earth. We like it here. Come on. We do. Who's been camping? Anybody been camping? You can go camping. You can set up the tent. You can take an air mattress with you. You can do whatever you want. When my, when I, my kids grew up in Yonkers, and we had a little tiny yard, and it was small. But I would set the tent up in the yard, and we would go out in the tent and sleep in the tent right beside the house sometimes in the summer. And we would run extension cords out into the tent, and we'd have video games and have the DVD player out there and lamps and the whole bit. I don't know why we were even outside. We would have all this stuff. We had food. <laughs> I'm about this far from the house. The house is where that drum cage is. And I have cords come out inside the tent with my sons, sleeping outside in the yard, trying to make the tent as comfortable as we want. But you know what? You will never get a night of sleep in that tent like you will in your own bed. You just can't. You can't get comfortable. It's not good. You wake up and your back hurts, your shoulder hurts, whatever. It's like, oh, man, I need to just get back into my bed. It, it doesn't sleep well, if you will. But, but th that's what life on earth is like is we're in a tent. And we try to get comfortable in it. We try as best as we can to make it good. But it's temporary. You were made for eternity. And you were made for eternity. And although we were made for eternity, uh, most people spend too much of their lives trying to satisfy a longing in their heart here on this temporary earth with something that earth can never satisfy. That verse said that God put eternity into the heart of man. I want you to note that. that God put, God put a longing within your heart for something else, for something more. He gave it to you. And we tend to spend our lives chasing after things and trying to fill a longing that God put in our heart for eternity, but we try to fill it with the temporary things of earth. We try to fill it with things that are here. So we're always just looking for more stuff. That's why the guy who makes $30,000 a year thinks if I could just make 40, I would be set. But the guy who makes 40 thinks if I could just make 50, we'd be home free. And the woman who makes 50 thinks if I just had 60, we'd be good. But the one who makes 60 thinks, man, if I only had 80 and 100 and 120, and it never ends. It never ends. There's never enough. There's never enough. Warren Buffett was asked one time, how much money is enough? He's a billionaire. How much money is enough? You know what his answer was? A little bit more. A little bit more. It's never enough. It's ne it never ends. David Robinson, he was a great uh, NBA basketball player. If you're old like me and, um, and Pastor George, but not our wives. If you're old like us, you might remember him. Played in the NBA. They called him the Admiral because he'd been in the Navy first and he'd come in and won the championship uh, late in his career. But early on, he said he was sitting at home one night watching the NBA championship. He says, I had millions of dollars in the bank. I live in my multi-million dollar mansion. I have everything I want. And I'm sitting there watching the NBA championship that I am not playing in and thinking to myself. And, that's, and he's thinking, man, that's what I want. And he says, in that moment, he realized no matter what I get, I always want something else. I always want more. And, it was, and that was what drew him to commit his life to Christ. 
was recognizing it's never enough. It doesn't happen. It, it isn't there. Too often times as believers, we're still always looking for something more. But the things of earth will always come up short. There's always something more. There's always something that looks better. There's always a better house. There's always a better car. There's always better clothes. There's always a better husband, unless you're Sarai or Michelle. There's always... I shouldn't have put husband in there. There's always something better. There's always something more. Lust cannot be satisfied. But that's because you weren't made to be fulfilled with temporary things. That's why when you spend time... We had a great time of worship in here this morning. Your worship team is awesome. That was tremendous. But the reason... The reason when you worship... The reason when you pray, the reason when you read God's word, you feel fulfilled is because you get in touch with what you were actually made for. You're, you're, you're touching eternity and what is eternal and what is lasting and, and with that. But nothing on earth is ever really going to fulfill us. And as you head into this new year and you can have goals and dreams and resolutions and they're all great, but nothing you get on earth is never going to completely satisfy you because you weren't made for earth. And I believe that a day will come when each of us leaves this planet, when we go to spend eternity with God, when you walk into the presence of God, you're going to step in one day. And if this was the line, you're going to step over the line one day. And as soon as you step in, you're going to have an aha moment that's just going to be, this was it. This is what I was always looking for. I, I thought if I got those shoes, I thought if I bought that car, I thought if I had that house, I thought if I had, I was always trying to find something else. But this was it because he put eternity in your heart. So there was always a longing within you for something else. But I want to challenge you as you enter this new year, let that longing within you for I want something more. I want something else. God didn't give you that so you'd chase stuff. God gave us that so we would chase him. So we would pursue him. It was to draw us. Man, I need more of God. I need more of him. Not more of things that don't satisfy. Stop chasing temporary things. Be a God chaser in your life. And Ecclesiastes 3.11 gives us one other truth, and that is that God is beyond all that we can fathom. We cannot even grasp him. So as we enter a new year, and we don't know what the year holds, we don't know what's going to happen, and we step into this new year and we say, okay, I don't know what's going to happen. Could be good, could be bad. Probably going to be some of both, right? Last year had some good, had some bad. Probably going to be some of both. But we're going to trust God. We're going to obey God. We're going to follow God. We're going to step out and follow Him. We're going to do what God wants to. As we enter that year and we go into it, not knowing what's going to happen, okay? These truths are still there. God's put eternity in our heart, right? He's done that for us. That longing is going to be there, but we're going to seek Him with it. God's going to make all things beautiful in its time. If we were to think, man, all of this seems a bit much, it's hard to even take, God is beyond all that we can fathom is the final truth of Ecclesiastes 3.11. The God who assures us of these things is beyond our comprehension. In Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, He says that His thoughts are not our thoughts, His ways are not our ways, his, He is beyond our understanding. It's what would lead Mary and so many others when considering what God had, had, had said for them to do, to ask, how can this even be? It seems like it's too much. God is beyond all that we can fathom. But he's, he's that big. He's that great. We can trust him. 1 Corinthians 2.9. I might have given you that verse, 1 Corinthians 2.9. It says, uh, 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 things which the eye has not seen, ear has not heard, hasn't entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for them. God is always beyond all that we can think of, all that we can grasp 
all that we have. So God is able to fulfill these things in our lives. You can never look at your situation, no matter what you're going through, and feel hopeless and think, well, things might not work out in my life because God works all things together. God does this, and it's never too hard for him. Galatians 4.4 tells us that God sent his son in the fullness of time. He'll do it all at the right time. That's how God does things, at the right time. I can't grasp him. I can't fathom him. I can't comprehend him, but I can trust him to do all things at the right time. He's doing that in your life as well. So life on earth, we learn to be content on earth, but life on earth will never fulfill me completely because I wasn't made for earth. I was made for eternity. So the longing is going to drive me to that. But as we're here on earth, we can trust that God's still going to make everything beautiful in its time. And that should put a longing in our hearts to drive us to have a passion for Jesus in our lives. This God who's beyond all that we can fathom. I don't know what 2018 holds. I don't know what the new year will be like for you. But I do know this, that the children of God are clothed in strength and dignity and they laugh without fear at the future. They laugh without fear at the future. They know. They know. You know what? God's going to work everything out at the right time. That was that truth. They look to the year and they know God will work everything out at the right time. They look to the year and they know, you know what? I just feel like I need more, but that more is Jesus. And I'm going to trust in him and I'm going to rest in him. They look to the year and know, you know, God, I can't see how things are going to work out in my life, but you're beyond all that I can even fathom anyway. So I'm going to trust in you to work things out in my life. We entered this past year. We didn't know where we were going to live. We didn't know where we were going to go. We didn't know what we were going to do. We just knew God wanted us to step out in faith and do something radical that we hadn't done in a long time. 23 years I'd been in the same position in the same place, and God says, it's time to step out. I was reading in Deuteronomy. We'd been praying about it, my wife and I, and wrestling over it, but I was reading in Deuteronomy, and a verse just leapt off the page at me one day that said, you have stayed at this mountain long enough. And when I read that verse, it just spoke to me, and I, was, and I just knew that was what God was telling me. You've stayed at this mountain long enough. He was telling the children of Israel to go into the promised land, but I knew God was saying, okay, it's time to move to what's next. You were at this mountain long enough. It was the right place, the right time, but it's time to move to what's next. So we, we, didn't know that, we didn't know what was going to happen. We just did that. I want to encourage you. Follow God by faith. Trust in him. He'll provide. You say, but what, what about the future? What's going to happen? Laugh without fear at the future. And trust in God to provide for you and direct your path. Amen? Amen. I'm believing for a great year for you. But you know what? Even if it's not, even if 2018 ends and you look back on it, and you're like, man, that year really stunk. Because <laughs> that happens sometimes. If that happens, if you're trusting in God and you're walking by faith and you're, and you're living for him, you'll still be able to look back and know, you know what, some of the things weren't very good, but God was. He kept me. He provided. He's good. Amen? Amen. God bless you. I invite you to stand with me if you would. I want to pray a prayer over you as your team comes. I want to tell you, living for Jesus and walking by faith is the most exciting life you can ever live. It is. And God will ask you to do some gutsy things at times along the way. But it is the most exciting life you can ever live to walk by faith and follow God and trust in Him. 
And I want to encourage you to do that as you enter this new year, to believe in him. And you say, yeah, but you know what? God's been leading me to do this or to do that, and I don't know what will happen. Hey, laugh without fear of the future. You know what? God is for me. Who can be against me? I'm going to trust and follow him. Amen. Father, I pray over this family of God right now, over this body of believers, my brothers and sisters and you. I'm so grateful for them, Lord God. I'm so grateful for their witness in this community and wherever they call home. I pray, Lord God, your blessing over them this year. But of all, above all, Lord God, I pray that they will trust in you. Above all, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that the longing within them will draw them nearer to you this year. Above all, Lord God, I pray that they will trust in a God that they could never fully comprehend. A God we can never really grasp, but a God who's always there for us and you always love us. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Jimmy, for that word. Family, just... Your, your hands towards uh, Pastor Jimmy and his wife. I just want to pray over them right now. Father, we thank you, Father, for the word from your servant that was in timing, Father, and for this season that we are in, oh God. Father, we trust you, Lord, as we move forward, Lord, but we not 100% of what to expect, but what we can expect is that you are faithful, O oh God, and your word is your word, O oh God, and you never fail. So, Father, I pray over Pastor Jim and his wife and his family, O oh God. Father, that they were indeed walk into the new things that you have for them, O oh God. Father, that they would trust you, Father, even as you spoke this word into his life, Father, that they would walk in that promise, Father. Father, of the new things to come, O oh God, and understand your timing, oh God. Lord, I thank you, Father, for the, for the many things, Lord, for the fruit, Father, for just the, the great accomplishments, Father, even for the, for the new expeditions, Father, for the, for the new things you're going to do through him and his church, oh God. Father, we thank you for the faithful servant and for their faithfulness thus far, Lord. Father, look, on, look at them, Father. Smile over them, oh God. Allow your blessings and your safety, safety to be over them and their family and their congregation, oh God. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I'm not sure if you're still a pastor of a church, are you? Not right now? All right. Praise God. And I don't know what God has planned for you. You know probably a lot better than I do. <laughs> but God is awesome, man, because sometimes God will move us out of something to prepare us for something even better. And we may think it may be, it may be something totally different. But it could be similar, but even in a greater way. You know, so I'm not saying that he's going to make you a pastor of a church again but I'm just saying that your heart as a shepherd you know he acknowledges that and he I can say uh, I don't know he, he, he's happy I guess that's the best way I can say that, it, that his heart is happy so uh, the best thing we can look forward to is well done good and faithful servant 
And I know that's what we're all looking forward to hear from our Father. There's a song that's been on my heart for the last two weeks. And I want to sing it today. And I want you to sing it today. And let this be the declaration that kind of catapults you into this new season, into this new year. Everything and nothing less. Everything and 
Father, you have all of me, Lord. Give it all to say. And I My timing is just to wait, Lord. And I surrender today to say, I surrender. I surrender all. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Jesus. You are worthy to be to be praised. Father, we give you all the glory and all the honor, Lord, that we are here this day to be able to walk into a new year, Father. New year of life, new year of ministry, oh God. Father, new year for the things that you have in store for us, Father. But Lord, we are aware, Father, that you work in season and in timing, oh God. Father, in whatever your timing is for us, we surrender to that, Lord. We submit to that, oh God. But we declare, Lord, that Everything and nothing less is what we'll give you, oh God. Our hearts, Father, everything that we have, we'll try, we'll do it in excellence, Lord. We'll give you our best, oh God, because you deserve it, Lord. We won't have step this year, oh God, but we'll give you because you gave the greatest gift possible, and that was Jesus. And it's because of that gift, because of that which you gave, you didn't hold anything back. You gave everything and nothing less is why we can walk into this new season with our head up high, understanding that we are your sons and daughters, oh God. We belong to you. And there is nothing that can rise up against us, Lord, that you will not break down, that you will not pull away that you will not tear down oh god father we thank you we are blessed to be a blessing have a wonderful week god bless you